Sophie's Choice this week is a murder, and I'm really sorry, girl. This one's... Oh, God. Sorry, this one's is it a Isn't it an adult or a child? No, it's an adult. Okay. Yeah, I gotta take a break from the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I was re-listening. I was like, last week we established that we could pick an adult that may or may not deserve it. This one definitely didn't deserve it, but... Got it. <laughs> moving okay. on from the kids. Awesome. Awesome. On March 1st, 2000, two police officers arrived to the modest red brick home of John Price in Aberdeen, Australia, a quaint little town. I took a little walkie walk thanks to Google Maps. I love that you can do that. Do you do that? You could do like put your little person street side and like look around the oh, town. And... Oh, yeah. I remember, like I used Google Maps to walk around my neighborhood. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I used Google Maps to walk around this neighborhood. I was like, da, 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 there's the house. There's the fucking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cute. Can, like drag your little person around. Yeah, <laughs> drag my little yellow guy running up the street. <laughs> so yeah, it's a cute little town that looks like it's nestled between two really large national parks. Like there's just a whole bunch of forestry on either side of this like, and I can't tell if it's in a valley, but it's just like a strip of road, and then the town's in the middle of these huge ass national parks. It has about two thousand people, so it's on the smaller side, and it is two hundred sixty-one kilometers north of Sydney, or one hundred sixty-two miles for those of us here in the U.S. So when the police arrive to this cute little brick home, they were responding to a phone call from a concerned neighbor and the gentleman's employer, John Price's, who owned the home, when he did not arrive at work that morning. What investigators saw when processing the scene, I'm sure still haunts some of the detectives to this day. According to an Australian Who article by Reese McKay, which I hate that this article had a lot of information on it because when I, I always do research on my resources. <laughs> I resource my resources. She goes back. She goes back <laughs> up the sources. I do. So it's like similar to like Australia's, it'd be Australia's version of People Magazine. Mm. So I was just like, I don't know. But sometimes People Magazine can be really fucking ruthless and like digging through the trash and shit. I don't know. Yeah. It seemed really, really reliable when I like fact checked it with my other sources. So anyway, right. that's what I Let's used. Go with it. <laughs> They found what Sergeant Graham Furlonger would later describe as, quote, <clears throat> this part's gross, I'm sorry, quote, a human pelt, a full skin just hanging from the top of the door frame, end quote, off a meat hook. Upon walking into the kitchen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hold it's. On. I, I need a moment. Pause, please. <laughs> Hold, please. Oh. I, I feel know. like that's some shit I would saw, like, when I went through the haunted like a haunted on the, the dead end hayride, like in Minnesota, <laughs> like when you go through the haunted house. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's a, and uh, I kind of, we, we went back and forth on the idea, like the pod people, we went back and forth on the idea of me covering Dahmer just cause it is like really trending right now with the Netflix doc that came out. But I just, I love Peter Evans too much and I can't watch it. And I eating this type of shit. Gabby's trying to eat ice cream also. <laughs> 
eating a blizzard right now. We got Sorry, DQ. Yeah. And she's like eating, and I looked as I'm she's about to like take a bite. I'm halfway like, yeah. to her mouth, she's like, uh. <laughs> eating cannibal. This shit just makes me. It makes my stomach turn. Anyway, that was hanging off of a meat hook. Upon walking into the kitchen, they found two plates of dinner all dished up. A slice of meat, which appeared to look like slow-cooked roast beef, alongside a serving of vegetables, a baked potato, and gravy. Ew. Yeah. And they had little name cards in front of them with the names of John's two kids. On the... No. Yeah, no. 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 It gets worse. (laughs) There... There was a large pot still warm on the stove. Investigators found John's head inside. Had been cooked with broth and vegetables. His killer then positioned what remained of his body. So he's skinned and decapitated. He, they positioned his body in his favorite chair and even crossed his legs. His girlfriend, Catherine Knight, was found in a comatose-like state in the master bedroom. So you're probably asking yourself the same things that I did. Who would do such a horrific and grotesque thing? What happened in John Price's home that led to police taking this call that fateful Wednesday? Stick with me on this one, guys, because this week for Sophie's Choice is Catherine Knight, Australia's crazy cannibal killer. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. I like that 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 takes time in my head, yes! right? Like what, what? A psycho. Like <laughs> obviously how do you even do that i just every time i read like a new true crime thing i'm just thinking like even if you accidentally killed somebody my next logical thought would be a lot of sweating and panic it wouldn't be like okay now i gotta cut him up and put him in something and do extra shit like you know i'm gonna serve him to his kids oh oh my god oh my god and then i put a little note i was like sorry my creative writing class must be really getting to me (laughs) <laughs> no don't apologize use that shit you paid for that glass <laughs> yeah paid for that glass um so this was a bell recommended s- story she was like this is one because my sister bell is super into fucking true crime so shout out to my beautiful six one fiery red have a sister <laughs> yeah bell Woo. <laughs> um so yeah our that's like a third of our friendship is just recommending true crime documentaries to each other and sending each other articles to look up Aside from the trauma. <laughs> yes. So this is our first Aussie case. And I know it won't be our last Australia case because they have a lot of fucking crazies like we do. So as usual, since we're in a new country, I like to do a little snapshot. And I know this is, I know this is not a history pod, you guys. I just like to pay homage to the country that we're taking the story from. I know it's the American way to just, you know, take and go. But if I'm, if I'm taking a story from your country, I at least want to pay like a little, a little respect to you as well. So as said, sure, we'll cover loads of Australian cases. So I won't be doing this every single time I cover an Aussie case. Just the first episode, we step foot in a new country. So if it bothers you, you could just skip a minute. Australia, home of the outback, kangaroos and Vegemite. I'm kidding, but not really. Do you know what Vegemite is? No. That's <laughs> why I look at guys, I looked at Sophie with a blank stare like <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> so, Vegemite's like this yeasty it look you know that jar the boiling cubes come in? Like no. chicken boiling? Oh fuck you don't oh Nolan maybe. Will. Yeah, Nolan I forget. for sure knows. But... I was like, Gab doesn't cook. Um, yeah, Nolan does, not me. It's like a little glass jar and it I think Vegemite is technically yeast. But people in Australia, similar to Germans with Nutella, they put it on everything. So, like, 
they put oh. it on sandwiches instead of mayo. They they oh, it's like I can't live without mayo. Eh, it's fi- oh yeah, it's just it, oh, sorry. Oh I, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Vegemite, they it's like one of the first things that they feed their babies over there. Okay, I've, I've never personally tried it, but it's just something that my mother would would always say. But these are just the things that I think of when I think of Australia. So Australia's official language is, of course, English, but over 160 different languages are generously spoken throughout the country. Yeah, that's wild. Can, yeah, it was just like 160, like a good couple thousand. That's a generous handful. Like here in America, we're known for being arrogant because we only know English and like some Espanol. <laughs> so like... <laughs> To generously have over hunt that, I, I well, thought I that was crazy. Well, I that includes like um, native speakers too of, like, like indigenous people yeah. to Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, because maybe they weren't so like, hey, you gotta assimilate, get the we fuck out of here, move language. over for the white. People. You gotta be white. <laughs> like, maybe they were less like that. Maybe that's why they have more languages. <laughs> so, their currency is the Australian dollar, which their dollar. Um, <clears throat> What do I want to say? Their denominations are similar to us in the States. So like 5, 10, 20, 50. And their coins are a little bit weird. 5, 10, 20, 50. Yeah. 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 They are the sixth largest country in the world coming after Brazil and us even, which that that really surprised me. I thought that. I don't know. I always think that we're like smaller, but I forget about Alaska. Oh, yeah. Also, Australia is just like a big open space in the middle. Yeah, like, it's so people I... don't really live in the middle of it. Yeah, that's true. That's yes, that is They're true. They're like mainly on the coast, so there's like. Oh no. my god, how did you know that? Because it's I mostly know mountains. Stuff. Oh no, st- I didn't know that until I like geography. researched this. Because geography and things, I don't know. <laughs> I know stuff. Cool stuff. I think of Vegemite. Oh, I already said that. Yeah, because <laughs> I even put that in here. So I wouldn't forget because my mother told me like Germans and Nutella, Australians and Vegemite. Oh, and they put it on their crumpets and pastries even. Oh. Uh, so yeah, 90% of people who live there live on the coasts, which I think is funny that you fucking said that. What a dream. And I'm a dream host, you guys. Yeah, you're so smart. Why are you so smart? It's cool. <laughs> I was just born that way. I just really like stuff, like learning things. I do too. And if, if there, if we have like similar listeners to like us, then I think that yeah. this little Snapchat would be, I don't know. Yeah, cool. it's cool. It's a, it's a fun fact. It's a fun, fun facts. 80% of their animals are unique specifically to Australia, which I thought was so fucking cool because they have so many deadly things and yeah, cool it's things. it's so scary. There. It's scary. They have the tarantulas the that giant, are as, the... as big as this table. Yeah. And you got kangaroos just like out in the wild, like about to fight you. Like Hanging kangaroo out. Jack. What the fuck is Kangaroo Jack? Did you never watch that movie? I was is deprived like as a child. Like he's got the... boxing gloves? Yeah. And the, does the Joey in his pouch also have boxing gloves? That'd no, be great. because he doesn't have a Joey because he's a guy. Oh, wait. Do males also not have the pouch? Why would they need a pouch? What if the, what if like the penguins, the daddy takes care of the baby? But the babies don't go in the pouch, in a pouch in the penguins. They just sit on their feet. Like underneath their little like yeah, but the daddy penguins like take care of the babies. They're kind of an anomaly. Like, oh, not, <laughs> humans don't even do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they just pump and leave. Yeah, they're like, ah, see you later. 
one cool thing that I thought was the Australian Alps get more snow than the Swiss Alps, which I just wanted to give Australia that little shout out because I guess that's not a well-known fact. And there are more kangaroos than people, which I loved. There's They're 20... like rodents. Yeah. They're just out there. But like, huge. And they can kick you into a fucking concussion. There's 25 million people, but 50 million kangaroos. In the wild? Yes. Isn't Holy that shit. fucking crazy? So, which some Aussies actually call, quote, a plague probation. Pro Jesus Christ. <laughs> plague proportions. Like, that. that's, there's so many kangaroos yeah. like the the locals even notice it so anyway i thought that was cool now that that's out of the way you're probably asking who the fuck is Catherine knight well to understand the horror of her crime it might help to know where she came from but if yeah. you're like if you're like gabby and i cough trauma then maybe it won't make a difference at all i can tell you what happened to this girl <laughs> i can <laughs> but i'm just like every time i do research for a true crime case it goes into the killer's background like that somehow excuses no and them like i i, I get it yeah. from the psychological perspective like most of us are fascinated with true crime because of that psychological like what right. led them to do that but like people like you and me who have experienced immense trauma and abuse i've i can't speak to you but i've never had an inkling to like kill kill somebody no <laughs> i've never had yeah. the urge nope it's not yeah i mean it's like just never people say it like oh you know, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I say I, that to drivers when I have road rage frequently. Yeah. But, but you don't actually, you don't actually do it. You girlfriend. Don't do it. God you know? damn it. Catherine. Like go to therapy. Please. <laughs> Control your faculties. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't think it'll make a difference, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So according to the who article I used for most of this research by Reyes McKay, Catherine Knight had a rough start before she was even born. Barbara Rohan, Catherine's mother, was married to a man named Jack Rowan, and I'm probably butchering that, so Ozzy's let us know, <laughs> where they resided in Aberdeen with their four sons. Their marriage quickly turned sour as Barbara started an extramarital relationship with Jack's coworker and friend. Oh, Lord. Ken Knight. Because this is the 50s and Aberdeen was a fairly small town, naturally her extracurricular relationship was not well received by the public, and the new couple moved to a town called Moree, M-O-R-E-E. -E. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, sure. Which is, sure. Which is 397 kilometers north and slightly west of where they were in Aberdeen, or 247 miles for us here in the States. Their new town was almost four times larger than Aberdeen, with a population of around 7,383 at that time. So this is kind of an ideal place where no one would know their adulterous beginnings. The couple then had four children together, including a set of twins. Joy and Catherine, the star of our fucking show. And then they had two boys. The twins being the younger of the set, the new set of four. And then Catherine was the younger of the two towns. Australia Herald's son reported Kathy only liked two people in the world. Her twin Joy and her uncle Oscar Knight, who was a champion horsemanship. And he unfortunately completed suicide in 1969. Oh no. Which, because he was Catherine's favorite, that kind of left her distraught and you know, probably had some impact to her trauma. But Barbara chose a winner when she chose to cheat on Jack with his BFF Ken because as Opera News describes, Ken was a raging alcoholic who openly, openly used violence and intimidation to rape Barbara, who in, and it's stated also up to 10 times a day, which that's a, that's a lot. 
I have a high sex drive, but that's a lot. Ten times a day? Why do you need sex that much, dude? Yeah, that's... Excess. That's a lot. Like, wouldn't you be in pain? Does, like, physical do, pain. Does their dick get sore? Does that happen when guys have a lot of sex? I haven't had a lot of sex in a long time, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't they have a refraction? Like, a refractionary period? Yeah, where they kind of gotta... Recover? Work, uh, get some R&R. Hydrate? <laughs> I don't know. Ten times is, yeah. That's excessive, my man. Oops, sorry. The fucked up part is that Barbara would, in turn, tell her daughters the intimate details of her sex life and how she hated men. Yeah! (laughs) I don't want to know. How she hated men and sex. Like, well, then, if you hate men and sex, why did you start an affair with another dude in the first place? Like, what, what was the point? Affairs don't just happen, so, I don't know. Control your faculties. Don't feel too bad for Barbara, though, because many of my sources state she gave to her kids as good as she got from Ken. So both physically and verbally abusing her kids. Yes. Which we've talked about. It either goes one of two ways. Yeah. You either repeat repeat what your parents did or you kind of swing the complete opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So. So that, yeah, it was really unfortunate. But you'll go to see as time goes on. Barbara has her own set of rage issues anyway. So. Penn State University published another article stating that after the tragedy of Oscar's suicide, the family actually moved back to Aberdeen, where Catherine attended Muswell Brook High School, which is about 13 minutes away from where Aberdeen is. She was noted by classmates as being a bully before she left. She withdrew from school at the age of 15. Starting them young. Even then, she was scary at 15. Yep. And she it was noted by her classmates that she had like a rage issue. So once she dropped out of school, she got a job at a local clothing factory as a cloth cutter. And then after a year at the clothing factory, she got a new job in the meat industry. Oh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so, it creeps me out because she describes this as her dream job. And I watched, uh, yeah, that's fucking gross. I watched a true crime video even. They described one of the journalists described that she would talk about how it brought her pleasure to like hear the pigs cry in pain and like when she butchered them and i don't know i don't love pigs i don't love pork so she's into like uh, like yeah that's what it kind of feels like yes i can't remember which is which is it being a sadist when you get pleasure from watching other other things in pain yeah yeah okay masochist is when you do it to yourself Oh, I when thought a masochist was a dude that hates women. Wait, misogynist. There we go. <laughs> I was like, that's not right. That's misogyny, but same vibe. No, Wait, okay, so masochists like pain on themselves? Yeah. So people are like, oh, I'm into S&M. Like during, <laughs> it, like the song by Rihanna, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back in like high school and middle school, we're singing about S&M and our parents are like, what the fuck? Yeah, what is happening? Oh, good. God, yeah, Jesus so that's Christ. yeah, sadism is pain to uh, like sexual pleasure to yourself is well, it could be sexual pleasure or just just regular making like you just being happy, have, yeah, you just you just get happy feelings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she sounds like a sadist. You need therapy, girlfriend. <laughs> lots, lots of therapy. holy fuck. Okay, so she loved her fucking job at the slaughterhouse. And this was kind of a common job in Aberdeen at the time. So Catherine described this as her, quote, dream job, even obtaining her own set of butcher knives, which she hung above her bed. She loved them. That reminds me of that story I was 
I told you about the, the on that other podcast mm-hmm. where the remember the little boy had like the ghost friend telling him like <gasps> to get the, the knives, get oh, the no. knives and put it no, under no. his bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, giving, I don't like that. It's giving me same vibes. Here. This was little cat. That was little Catherine. Yeah. Her former mother-in-law, Florence Kellett, even stated in an interview, quote, I asked her, why do you have knives above your bed or hang them on the wall? Catherine shrugged and pouted at me saying, they're there in case I need them. They were her pride and joy. She continues, I, I think she loved her knives as much as she loved David, end quote, which is, I'll go into it, but that's her, Florence's son, Catherine's first husband. So according to a 2022 Penn State article in 1973, Catherine met her first husband, David Kellett, at work. And one year later, Catherine demanded they get married. That's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, he was probably like, okay, I'm scared of you. I'm or, scared. You know, she's going to kill me <laughs> he, with her knives. She's on top. He looks up and sees the knives <laughs> hanging on the bed. And he's yeah. like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> On their wedding night, Catherine tried to strangle him as he had fallen asleep after they had sex, quote, only three times. Oh, man. That's only three times. He's just tired. Oh, I would be passed the fuck out. Dude, I'm, like, I'm fucking and I'm rolling uh, over and I'm just like. <laughs> night, night. Good night. I'm out of here. <laughs> thanks for your service. Seriously, <laughs> thanks for your service. But usually I do all the work, so I'm fucking tired. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So their marriage was filled with violence and right from the start, fueled by Catherine's seemingly untriggered rage. Her former and sister-in-law, Sandy Kellett, states in the on-screen interview, same one as her mother, quote, she would be happy, humming and singing, and then the next minute just fly into a rage. When Catherine was cranky, she got the strength about her. She just became so strong, she could have thrown David across the room. David would tell me when she gets cranky, just get out of the way. Because when she picks up a knife or whatever, it was too late to get out of the way. End oh, my quote. God. You can't you think, like, if he's telling his sister this, like, he's obviously personally experienced. And he he yeah. did. But, like, get the fuck out of there, dude. Like. Yeah. But wasn't this. <gasps> when was this again? Back, the 70s. Back in the 70s. 73. So, yeah. So, like, you don't get. Yeah, you divorced. don't get divorced. You don't do that back then. Oh, you know? So. God, that's fucking scary. Man, it sounds like um, like bipolar or like or like schizophrenic disorder too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially like the amount of trauma that she had and it being untreated. I am not diagnosing her. We are not medical experts. I am, but we're just speculating. Yeah, as two women who have had a shit ton of lots of therapy (laughs) and for myself, I'm really medicated. And And I love researching stuff on like mental. Oh yeah, health and yeah. illnesses because I'm like, okay, yeah, this person for sure. <laughs> so I'm out here like self-diagnosing him. It just sounds like to go back and forth like that, like your normal one minute and the next like the you're singing. like about to kill someone. Yeah, like, that scares me. Like, or, to, or they're Gemini. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry, Jared. <laughs> sorry, Nolan. Oh, sorry, sorry Gigi. Sorry, oh my God, are all your mom's a Gemini? Yeah. Jesus Christ, is your mom a Gemini? Um, January 23rd? What is that? Psycho? Uh, Pisces? No. Oh my god, I was like, she's way too Capricorn? to be a Pisces. Archie's a Pisces. Capricorn. Possibly. Let's, uh, you got the Zodiac? I'll continue. Uh, what was the, what was the birthday? January 23rd. Gemini's scare me, low-key. 
Dude, they scare me too, but they're As all women. around me. As men? She's an Aquarius. I thought they were supposed to be chill. You're a water sign, bitch. Calm down. Okay, well, maybe she's got some, like, fire, like, moon and rising. (laughs) Okay, that's true. I'm a Cancer and not a textbook Cancer at all, because I'm supposed to be a Leo like you. Not everyone can be a Leo, Sophie. Sorry. I know. My sun (laughs) and my moon are both Leo rising, which is weird. Not weird, because my personality reflects that, but anyway. That's your horoscope for this uh, this episode? In case you're wondering, guys, (laughs) I am a Leo sun which most people are, like, not surprised by. Um, and then I have a Pisces moon, so I cry all the time. And then I have a Capricorn oh. rising, which is my logical side. I think I have a... No, just kidding. I was like, I think I have an Aries or a Taurus rising. What's it cut? Okay, I did not believe in Zodiac shit before listening. Somebody told me, because um, they were like, oh, my God, what's your horoscope? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not into that. I don't believe that. And then I, she's like, well, why not? And I was like, dude, I'm a fucking Cancer, but... I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sensitive. I don't yeah. cry because I'm dead inside. I'm yeah. really outgoing and loud. And I was like, everything about me is not a cancer. And she's like, do you know if your due date was something different? And I was like, I think I was yeah. supposed to, I was three weeks early. So I was supposed to be an August baby. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're a cusp baby. You're a Leo cusp. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what that means. And she was like, yeah. it means you're on calendar on your birth certificate you're cancer and then she's like but your personality and everything else because you were supposed to be something else yeah is very leo and then i was like interesting because the only like quote-unquote cancer qualities that i have is like being creative yeah but other than that i'm really creative are they Mm -hmm. oh okay i when i picture cancer i think of like sensitive and weepy and in their shell and like really shy and quiet yeah and i'm I'm none of those yes, things. Sophie is none. <laughs> I'm you. none of those things. So anyway. How did we get to Zodiac sign? Were we wondering what Catherine was? Yeah, I said maybe she's a Gemini. There we go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Geminis have a rep for being I crazy. Oh, I know. But really good in bed. I love them. Oh. oh. I mean. I love the guy Geminis. Don't really love the girl Geminis. I don't know about you. I've never had good luck with female friend gemini's they're fucking crazy <laughs> sorry i have a few so i have me. a i i don't generalize because i do think it depends on person, their person. whole personality yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 but yeah it's a proceed with caution moment <laughs> see you see there gemini proceed with caution <laughs> i'm keeping that in Oh shit! I skated to that song. <laughs> Some good old Evanescence. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! That takes me. Did you have an emo stage? I had like a. I I like tiptoed around it. You know, dabbled a little. I was like dip a little I toe. Was like Paramore, yeah. Like fucking love Paramore. Don't judge me. Yeah, but like, it wasn't like full on like. You didn't get deep in the sauce of yeah. Like, I didn't get lost. Good in the Charlotte sauce. and fucking. I did Panic like, at the Disco. Yeah, but I. I I like Good Charlotte. Panic at the Disco sometimes was a little much for me. Oh, I was like, I've been looking for somebody to go to a Panic at the Disco concert with me back east just so I can yeah. visit my friends and see him for the fourth time. Mm-hmm. Brendan Erie, I love you. He always takes his shirt off at his shows and it's so great. <laughs> you could wash your laundry on his APAC. <laughs> okay. By spring of 1976, Catherine was heavily pregnant with their first child when she discovered David, who clearly was... I, who can blame him was very unhappy in this marriage was having an affair. So by May of 76, 
Catherine gave birth to their first child, a daughter named Melissa Ann. But by the time their daughter was two months old, David had later died due to Catherine literally beating him with a broken beer bottle over his infidelity. Like, that was her reaction when she was no longer... I mean, that's kind of an appropriate response, I feel like. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I would, like, maybe if it hadn't been, like, leading up with the, Mm -hmm. you know, the knives on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) He left Catherine and his two-month-old daughter, which that really, like, makes me sad. I know. To be with his new girlfriend. Which, this only fueled Catherine's rage. So here we go. You thought she was crazy now? Let's fucking get into the thick of the sauce. According to my same Penn State article, Catherine was seen thrashing baby Melissa around in her pram. Like, which uh, is a stroller for us in the stateside. Like a buggy? Yep, yep. She's shaking her around, like throwing her around down Main Street. And there are like numerous witnesses because it's only 2,000 people in this town. There's numerous witnesses seeing her do this. She's seemingly unable to cope with her husband leaving her for another woman. It's stated that even witnesses from the Main Streets of Aberdeen who witnessed her fits, that Catherine made it seem as though she's going to throw the pram and baby Melissa into oncoming traffic. Like that's how aggressively she was throwing the baby around because of this incident Catherine was admitted to St. Elmo's hospital where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression Mm. which what you what we had what you had said earlier like why did they not kind of dig deeper and like diagnose her with other things like but I still I feel like psychology wasn't quite there yet yeah that's right that's right yes 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 good looks they're like you know we're just she had a baby and now she's acting crazy like they are associating it with the baby, not yeah. like prior experiences. Uh, yeah, prior times yeah. that she's done that. And sure, we're just stepping out of the stage of like mental illness is a myth kind of a thing, right? right in the right, 70s, right. do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. However, shortly after her release, when she realized her beloved David wasn't coming back to her, she again took baby Melissa and left her in her pram on a railway line shortly before the train was due. She oh then went, my God. Yep. She then just casually walked into a local's backyard stealing an axe swinging it over her head threatening to kill people just like random gabby's face is i can't wait till we start on youtube i know we gotta get recording on that oh my god i feel like i'm funnier when you can see my face luckily a a literal honest to god good samaritan named ted abrams i had to give him a shout out who worked at the local corner store he witnessed her place baby melissa and leave her there so he saved baby melissa who was only 12 weeks old at the time of the second incident, which is three months old, because even me, myself as a parent, I was never like, oh, he's 24 months old. Oh. And she's two. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just like. He's 27 and a half months old. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, he's two. <laughs> Catherine's stay at St. Elmo's for her second stint was shorter because she quickly signed herself out. A few days later, she took her neighbors hostage, demanding they drive her to where David Kellett lived, even slashing their teenage daughter in the face on her cheek with one of her beloved knives. Most sources I found stated it was a woman and not a teenager, but Peter Lalor, who was an Australia journalist, interviewed the teen. It's the same, like, in-person interview as what, like, with the mother and the daughter, or the mother-in-law, sorry, and the sister-in-law had done, so I kind of believe the interview over... Mm -hmm the sources because if he talked to the girl she could have been a woman when he interviewed her but she was a teenager at the time of the face slashing so i believe that over the articles that's what i'm going with the family was able to escape when they convinced Catherine to let them stop at a service station and release their young son who had asthma 
It was here that the boy was able to call the police for help, and upon arrival of the police, Catherine was finally disarmed. Instead of being charged for the assault of the young girl's face and taking her and her family hostage, the police admitted her into the psychiatric ward at Morissette Hospital. So switching it up. We're going from St. Elmo's to Morissette. At the hospital, Catherine informed the psychiatrist that she intended to kill David and his mother Florence when she found them. David left his now pregnant girlfriend and returned to care for Catherine and Melissa. So this I mean, this guy's going through trauma, but he's kind of like leaving these women left yeah, and right. He's like, like going, he's like a ping pong ball. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of has no disregard for the kids or like, anyway, Jesus Christ. Well, she, she's only pregnant. The baby's not here yet. So <laughs> he has time. <laughs> just, <laughs> she can find somebody else. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as David and Florence returned to the house with Melissa to care for her and Catherine, Barbara, Catherine's mother, remember? She came flying out of the home and for no unprompted reason whatsoever, she started choking David through the window of the car. Just like, hey, how you doing? Like, like, what are you doing? And Catherine had to come out to stop her dad. And she ended up hitting her mom upside the head with a, some sources say a frying pan, some say like a stick to get her to stop choking David. Like she didn't say any words. She just came out and started. Who is this? Catherine's mother. Catherine's mom. Barbara. Well, she probably did it because he left her for some chick and oh, and yeah. she was probably mad about, about that. that. And then now he, there he is, you know. I was thinking it from like Florence's perspective, David's mother, who's sitting shotgun and watching this, like being shell-shocked and being like, what the fuck? What is, well, she what seemed is like a nice Christian yeah. woman. So what in tarnation is going on? <laughs> So I feel like that's probably why she uh, would attack David. (sighs) Yeah, that's a sort of good reason. (laughs) This just seems like a tish bit extreme. It is, yes, for sure. So so after David's return to Catherine, they moved out of town for, quote, a fresh start. However, with everything that Catherine seems to come in contact with, this, quote, fresh start was quickly shattered by her temper. Sandy Kellett, who is David's sister, says, quote, There was this one incident where I heard horrific screaming coming from the upstairs bathroom. Upon entering, I saw Catherine holding their baby under the hot tap. I told David about what I saw, and he made me promise not to say anything to Catherine tonight because she will kill you in your sleep and most likely kill me. End quote. Oh my god. I mean, damn, dude. So just like scalding their baby? Yes! Like a psychopath! Under the- Yeah! Holding the baby! baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah! (laughs) Fucking run! David, run! I mean, he does, thankfully, but- Catherine made things worse for David when he came home finding her in bed with another man. All I can think of is this woman must have been a master manipulator and just magic with words or in bed because she convinced him after this they could work things out. And they welcomed their second daughter. (laughs) She demanded that they have another kid. So Natasha Marie was born on March 6th of 1980. As a real twist of fate, Catherine left David... For the, the guy she cheated on him with? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't say that she left him for the boyfriend. It just says that she left him. Four years later, she moved back to Aberdeen to be with her parents. She was able to get disability because I guess she had like back issues. Who doesn't? From her butchering job. So she was able to get into like a housing commission in Aberdeen, which for us in Minnesota would be similar to what I'm drawing as like Section 8 housing. Got it. Like for lower yeah, income. Yeah, yeah. Guy's name David. Guy's name David. Got it. <laughs> That's the or only. Or maybe it was just like everybody's name back then was David. David. 
David, John. David. You know John is my go-to fucking name. (laughs) (laughs) And after only a few months of dating, he moved in with her and her two daughters, which I also don't know how she's able to keep the fucking kids. So Catherine would get very jealous and would constantly throw him out of the house during their tumultuous relationship. In May of 1987, Catherine cut the throat of his two-month-old puppy right in front of him. (gasps) I know. As a reminder of what she would do to him if he ever cheated on her. You don't have to hurt the dog for that. Yeah, not the fucking puppy. She's like, just a reminder. (laughs) You fucking psycho. All you have to do is take a banana and just like chop, chop, chop it. And be like, that could be your dick if you cheat on me. Exactly. Not the dog. Not the dog. Damn it. Just cut up a banana like a normal person. (sighs) So in June of 1988, sorry, I forgot how exhausting this woman was. (laughs) Catherine gave birth to her and... David Two's daughter Sarah. <laughs> That's what I put in my notes. I was like, I gotta keep David it straight. number two. David number two. But once again, Catherine's rage would prove to nail this relationship's coffin. After being hit in the face with a frying pan and stabbed in the stomach with scissors, David Two went into hiding, which yes, up, as you should. As you fucking should. Catherine was unable to find him and she hunted for him, people. You fucking best believe she hunted for him. Save for when he'd visit their daughter and she, she would follow him and still couldn't find him. So you can imagine his surprise, though, when he came to visit his baby Sarah one day and crazy Catherine had spun a tall tale for the police that she was scared of David. And she filed an AVO, which in Australia is an apprehend violence order against him, which is comparable to a restraining order here in the States. When it says apprehend violence order, I thought it was going to be a little bit more proactive, like as soon as you're seen, you're like apprehended kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, moving on to the next guy. (laughs) Oh Lord. Another one. In 1990, Catherine met a Mr. John Chillingsworth. Oh, see, I was right. I said, John. Oh my God. you did! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I didn't even. (laughs) Holy shit. Yes. She's got two types, David's and John's. And the following year gave birth to her only son, a little boy named Eric shocked and happy. I couldn't find a lot of info about John Chillingsworth. Shocked because they were together for three fucking years. But happy because maybe he separated himself from her a lot during three years together. And my hope is that he was able to walk away a little less damaged than the rest. He's not a David. He's a John. Mr. Mr. Chillingsworth, (laughs) let me know. Catherine, again, shocks me by leaving this John for a Mr. John Price. Shut the fuck up. I'm being dead serious, which is the gentleman who owned the cute little brick no. home at the beginning of our story. Two Johns. Two Davids and two, two Johns. Johns. Yeah. Oh my she God. She got a fucking type. Keep that it rolling. So I've never. I'm sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> I've never dated, especially back to back. Like, never dated, I don't think, anybody with the same name. No. Because I think my brain would like automatically go to the, you know, the last person. The, la- the other Derek, whatever. <laughs> the other John, the other David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! But she did cheat on Mr. Chillingsworth, John Chillingsworth, John number one, with John Price, John number two. Because Aberdeen was not a large town, John was supposedly aware of Catherine's violent streak, which really fucking scares me. And she Maybe proceeded he into it. Oh, <laughs> Maybe he's like, "That's hot. That rage is hot." <laughs> Uh, slap me and call me daddy um maybe he did i don't know i'm not gonna yuck his yum um she 
proceeded to move into his home in 1995 with his two younger children, a son and a daughter. His children liked her. His younger daughter, Rebecca, even states in an interview, quote, they got along quite well. They would have pleasant meals and conversations. You know, I never saw much arguing, end quote. <laughs> Good thing I paused. His older daughter, Rosemary, states in the same interview, quote, I actually didn't mind her. I knew she was different. Like, she was good for dad, but she wasn't good for dad. She had a lot of good points, and she had a lot of bad points. But the same with dad. He had a lot of good points and a lot of bad points, end quote. For me, this was huge in the interview when I heard these grown women speaking about this woman, mm -hmm. knowing what she did to their father, like, when this all comes to light. For his kids to speak about this woman like this, knowing their father's story and how it ends is so huge for me. Like, I think that speaks volumes to how John Price raised his kids. And it really, oh, God. Yeah. It kind of, like, chokes me up, actually, right now. Yeah. Like, he still raised these women to still have good things to, not specifically this case, but, like, those are still pretty kind things to say about a woman who did such a disgusting thing. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They They still chose to, like, see the good. To be the bigger person. Yeah. Oh, and that just like. That's so hard. I know. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> Hashtag Leo. Hashtag <laughs> couldn't be me. Okay, I'm just kidding. Because I, I would be, I, I would yeah. literally be like, fuck that bitch. Like if yeah. we were close to a parent and like somebody fucking killed them. This Like not just killed yeah. them, but like literally grossly. Skinned them. Yes. Yeah. Like a fucking pig. It's, I would have nothing but horrible things to say about this bitch. <sighs> so in true Catherine form, in 1988, they got into a huge argument over Catherine's demand to get married and John's refusal. Because <laughs> everyone knows that's how you do it. You got to demand a ring. I need a ring right now. Give it to me, give it to me right now. As retaliation, Catherine took a video of his first aid kits he had scavenged from work that they were kind of expired or like excess. He, he was a minor, so like... It's like me taking soap from the pharmacy, hand soap from the pharmacy. Mm, like, mm -hmm. is it against protocol? Probably somewhere. Does yeah. everybody do it? Uh, yeah. So just like, yeah. Anyway. When she, you said minor, I thought like person under the age of 18, not like his job. <laughs> not like the. Not like a mine. Seven minor. dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, he's not he had, 18? Yeah, he had three <laughs> grown children and he was a minor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she sent this video into his boss and she even boasted about what she had done to a neighbor which was also interviewed and this neighbor was like you fucking crazy despite 17 years working in the local mines john price was fired for this and despite john kicking her out of his home later that same day a few months later john began seeing Catherine again but did not allow her back living in his home by the spring of 2000, the fighting was more frequent, including a series of assaults on John, in which Kathy stabbed him in the chest with one of her beloved butcher knives. Oh my god. I know. Her rage only escalated when she found his will had his three children in it, but not, it didn't contain anything for her and her four kids. They weren't mentioned yeah, at all. Yeah, damn girl, you got too many kids. <laughs> Well, my what thing was, was like, do you think I have? they're not his kids. Why well, that too? Why would he? You're not married. What? Do you remember his refusal? It's not. I don't. I feel like he's not obligated to. No, he's not. Fucking no. leave you in this will. But even if like, I don't know. Even if he was like a nice person, like he probably would want to for someone, but not her. 
sure. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm thinking from his perspective, like, I would want to leave everything to my three fucking kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. this crazy no. with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on February 29th, the morning of his murder, he stopped at the magistrate's court on his way to work and took out a restraining order against Kathy. He would tell coworkers later that same day that if he didn't show up to work the next day, it was because Kathy had killed him. Oh my God. I, I know. It just really fucking breaks my heart. And they really that tried to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At his new job. And he, they really tried to persuade him not to go home. Like, yeah. When John returned home later that evening, he found that Catherine had sent his children to a friend's for a sleepover. So he spent his evening with the neighbors before turning in for the night around 11 p.m. Meanwhile, Cuckoo Kachoo over here had bought new black lingerie earlier that day. Oh my God. And even videotaped her children making odd remarks to them that some perceived this as kind of like a crude, crude will of sorts. She then let herself into John Price's home, helped herself some, some telly in a shower, and then proceeded to wake John up for sex, which he fell asleep after. And we know falling asleep after sex fucking pisses this bitch off. <laughs> This poor guy. I need 10 times. Yeah, I just, like, <laughs> Jesus. He's like, I'm just tired. Like, Which brings us back to the murder. Blood evidence shows that John was sleeping with Catherine initially stabbed him, which they must, just the same way that, like, when you're stabbed post-mortem, they must be able to tell, like, how the blood flow was. Like, maybe it was mm -hmm. really calm, and then he was stabbed. I don't know. Yeah. Blood smears found on the bedroom light switch and front door indicate he had gotten up and tried to escape, getting so far as to, like, get to the front door. But Kathy being fucking crazy, all I'm thinking is, like, her ex-sister-in-law saying that she got that strength about her. Mm -hmm. So she must have chased him throughout the house as he's trying to escape and then dragged him back inside the home where he was stabbed 37 times in both the front and back of his body, with many of these stab wounds hitting vital organs. Mm -hmm. John Price died in the hallway of his home due to blood loss, which, thank God, because I would have been so pissed if he had been alive for everything that she did next. <laughs> Also, I feel like any time, unless you're being attacked by a home intruder, anything over five stabs is excess. You, it's, it's personal. Like, too it much. Is too, too much. Excessive. Like, <laughs> that's enough. Despite being labeled as a cannibal in all media, my Australian Who article states she never actually ate the meal that she prepped for John's two children who lived with him. Although Australian journalist Peter Lalor states investigators found a third meal thrown into the backyard, which led investigators to believe she had intended to eat him or maybe tried to eat him, but she couldn't do it. Catherine was charged with murdering John Price in 2001, initially pleading not guilty as she claims no memory of the incident. She later, yeah, don't you fucking love that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I blacked out. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. I, I wasn't home. I wasn't, wasn't there. Wasn't me. <laughs> Shaggy. Wasn't me. No. Kathy. <laughs> she later changes her, her plea without reason and the jury is dismissed. Despite the guilty plea, she never admitted to the crime she committed. She never gave any details. Everything that they have, everything that I've given you guys is strictly from blood evidence and like what the coroner reports after examining his body because of Catherine's grotesque actions and lack of remorse shown in court the judge sentenced her to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole making her the first and only woman in australia in history to receive the sentence and that is my choice this week of the disgusting demise of john price at the hands of batshit crazy Catherine knight i do want to end with two things though one john price was a man who was a victim of domestic abuse staying only out of fear that Catherine would hurt his children. He even said that to his co-workers. He, he was the oldest of six kids. 
And even though he left school at 14, John was described as a goddamn hard worker with experience in heavy machinery, earth-moving equipment, trucking, mining. He had two daughters and a son with his wife, Colleen. And although they separated after 15 years, they were still on good terms. Like, they were still good. Like, they were still friends. Yeah, they were still good co-parents. His older two children lived with him. And since Becca, who was his youngest, was only two at the time, she did live with Colleen, their mother. John Price was affectionately called Pricey, and it's even on his tombstone, which is really sad, and was reputedly, quote, a terrific bloke and father, end quote. That was liked by everyone who knew him. And my second thing is, let's not forget that men can be victims of domestic violence, too. I am literally in the works of writing a book about my abuse and my best friend, who is a male, his experience with abuse. Just because you're a, quote, man, doesn't mean that you can't be a victim of domestic abuse, too. It's just more touchy because you can't defend yourself as well mm-hmm. because I feel like it's more frowned upon if you yeah like, it's like stigmatized yeah sure. if you hit a woman to defend yourself when you're being abused yeah. I don't know man so yeah I really loved and I don't find this a lot like I like I said before I've got our next like eight episodes scripted but the murder cases that I have covered you can't find a lot of info on the victim mm-hmm. which I like like I had to find that literally searching Australia's find a grave yeah. <laughs> obituaries. I pulled all that shit from his obituary, which I should probably do that for the rest of the victims. But I know there's a lot of focus on the killers, but I really like that there was actually like a mm-hmm. good chunk of handful of information on John Price. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad for John, but also other John and the two Davids <laughs> And too. the Davids, two Davids. Yeah. Like all of them went through it, you know, yeah. like that sucks. That's really sad. It is really fucking sad. That's wild. I I like. I love that the judge even was like, "You're fucking disgusting, and you show no remorse. I'm yeah. gonna lock you away forever." Yeah, I mean, like, if she had any sort of like emotional capacity to like process things and feel yeah. things, maybe give his family closure like, or something. Oh, I don't know. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have fucking. Maybe I, sh- I shouldn't have skinned him and chopped him up and done all these things, but. I mean, if you can do that in the uh, first place, yeah. I really feel like you probably don't have the ability to feel bad about Empathy. it. Empathy, yeah. At the end of it, so. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Yes. Mike's probably like, I'm really, well, he doesn't listen he to doesn't the He doesn't listen. God. <laughs> but I was like, he's probably really fucking glad. He's like, yep, glad I missed that episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I do have like a little pick-me-up idea for post-episode, I guess. Okay. Um, so when we do huge, like, downers like this, I would like to end with, like, the victim, but I thought we could do two truths and a lie. Like, I thought it'd be kind of a fun thing. We could do it, like, make it funny. We could do it about each other. So, like, the three of us do two truths and a lie so then our audience can, like, get to know us because usually you trust and you like people that you know better. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Get a laugh. Lighten the mood, I guess. Do you want me to go first or you? Yeah, you go first. Okay. <laughs> okay, I've lived, so two truths and a lot. I've lived in five different states. My mother taught me how to ride a bike, and my mother and I have the same birthmark. I'm about to probably show how much I don't know, Sophie, because I don't know the, any of these answers. <laughs> but if I, okay, first one was five states. So you let, I know you lived in New Hampshire. In Minnesota, Nebraska, and North Dakota. 
I'm trying to think if there's another state. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, we've talked about this. We have talked about this. I don't think I, I think I've only mentioned it in passing. Connecticut. No. She shook her head no. <laughs> Shit. Um, I don't know. The other one is your mom taught you how to ride a bike and you have the same birthmark as your mom. I feel like your mom definitely did not teach you how to ride a bike. Yeah! <laughs> but I don't know the other state that you live in. Uh, Maine. We lived in Maine for a little oh, bit. Oh, Maine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right above us in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then okay. my mother and I have the same birthmark. It's really fucking weird. And she that never... Strange. Yeah, she never told me about it. I just noticed it when... Where is it? It's a right under our right butt cheek. It's like a... Oh. darker patch of skin weird it's the same like same shape and same shape that. same place oh, yeah wow. it's really fucking weird just knowing it's your really mom weird. i really just didn't didn't think she she taught you how to write <laughs> no i didn't learn how I to don't know your mom but just <laughs> of what i've heard of her uh i didn't learn how to ride a bike until i was 13 and the only reason i learned yeah because my parents didn't fucking love me the only reason i learned was because a girl in my cul-de-sac because i would walk yeah. my bike oh yeah and then a girl like, in my um, neighborhood, she was like, do you not know how to ride a bike? And we had her cul-de-sac was at an incline. And I was like, yeah, I know how to ride a bike. And she's like, okay, let's go. And she fucking pushed me down the cul-de-sac and I had no choice but to fucking keep going. So like, that's how uh, I learned how to ride a bike. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yep. Shout out Sam from Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for teaching me how to ride a bike. Jesus Christ. She just forced you. Yep. She didn't really teach you. She just said, okay, cool. Go. Here we go. Okay. Oh, I always suck at these. One, I went to three different elementary schools growing up. Okay. I have four siblings. Hmm. My third is I played soccer for one year when I was little. Oh, shit. Okay. Kyle, Caleb, Charlotte, but I'm pretty positive there is a sibling in between Caleb and your mini me. I'll circle back to that one. Okay. Three elementary schools? Mm-hmm. I feel like growing up in Minneapolis met like suburbs that could be possible because you grew up in Andover. Okay. I feel like, okay, it's you, then there's four years, and then there's Kyle, and then there's Caleb, but I feel like you have another sister in between Caleb and Charlotte. Is the elementary school one the lie? No. <laughs> Damn it! Is it the soccer one? Yeah. Dang it! I, I was like, like what's a generic she's so... that the parents put all their kids in? <laughs> I was like, she's so athletic with like dance and gymnastics and ice skating. Yeah. So I was like, she could play soccer. <laughs> one year. And be like, I hated it. Damn. <laughs> no. I okay. went to three elementary schools. Okay, who's in between Caleb and Charlotte? Cassie. I fucking knew it. I was like, yeah. I know she's got another sister. Yeah. Because there's on five my, of on you guys. my mom's side. Okay, yeah. there we go. So Caleb's on my dad's side. Cassie's Son of on my a mom's. bitch. And then okay, well. Charlie is on my dad's. But yeah, growing up, where I lived when I went to kindergarten. Have I you guys went... always stayed in the Andover area? Yeah. And for those who are not Minnesota listeners, it's like It's a north, north. northern suburb of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what happened, what had happened was we lived <laughs> in our one house. I went to... The one elementary school mm-hmm. and then the district like the, the school oh the district lines, change the border lines not for the district but oh. for like which elementary school you go to changed okay so like the whatever lines the whole district didn't change it was 
just certain areas. Oh, you're just saying just that yeah. one school kind of like shifted there. Yeah. Okay, so, I get what so you're I saying. Was I get what you're saying. For kindergarten, went to another school for because first of the grade switch. because okay. of the switch, and because we're still in the same house. Mm-hmm. And then we moved into my stepdad's house, and I was in second grade. And then we, so then I went to a Three different elementary years in a row. Yeah. So then second grade, I started at a different school. Did it make you sad as a little girl to like yeah. lose friends and stuff? That's yeah. Like well, I, it was hard. Like, I don't know. Like I had. So you got to start over. I didn't really have a ton. I don't even remember kindergarten and first grade. If oh I'm my God. Totally I loved honest. kindergarten and first grade. Don't, I don't remember it. John the chick killer Trauma. was in second. Oh yeah. John the chicken. Oh my God. John the chicken killer. Was oh, oh, not John the chicken. John the chicken killer. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if yeah, anybody so didn't really listen remember, to the mini. Like my first, kindergarten and first grade. Um, and then in second grade, I made a few friends and then luckily I was, I was with, um, that school was super new, the one that I went to. So there was the last like, one. Yeah. Okay. So there were new kids like coming into the school all the time. Oh, um, okay. Since, so that, okay. Because it was that, when like, Andover like it. further north was still like, they were building like new houses. So Got new it. kids kept okay. moving into those houses oh. and coming to school. So it wasn't like I was like the one. The only kid. one that yeah, everybody stared one at. New okay. Kid. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a school opened in like 2000 or something like, okay so it was only like yeah. two years after the school opened so yeah and then I was with all those same kids and then middle school two elementary schools merged to our middle school and then our one middle school went to the high school got it okay. so we didn't have any like merging from like other middle schools so cool, cool, cool. um my kindergarten so was yeah. on she had like a little tiny hobby farm which is really unheard oh, of my god for New Hampshire That's yeah so cool mm-hmm. And she, because New Hampshire and Vermont, for anybody who's, like, not East Coast, it's super, like, woodsy. Like, very, lots of pine trees. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't, Yeah, I want to say there's not, like, wide open spaces per se. <laughs> but yeah. I distinctly remember kindergarten it's because like she had, yeah, yeah, she had, like, a a little pony and, like, lots of ducks and chickens and shit. We just, like, went to kindergarten at some lady's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was, like, 12 of us. I don't oh. remember how it worked, but Miss Karen then, was her and name. And then you went to I loved her. first grade after that? Like a public a school. school? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I will always remember Miss Karen. That's... Shout out Miss Karen if you're still alive. Oh my God. I don't That's know. So cool. She was really old. She was really cute. And then her husband oh. helped out. He'd like bring the pony around and like Aww. he'd ride the pony and stuff. But we'd play Duck Duck Goose with her actual like geese and chickens and shit, oh my God. which I loved. But I always remember so her. So we're in Minnesota now. We call it Duck Duck Grey Duck because the translation <gasps> right. from Sweden is Anka Anka Kra Anka, which means literally Duck Duck Grey Duck. Oh my god, that's so cool! I so know. we learned about <laughs> Australia today, guys, and Sweden. Okay, I was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Anka Anka Kra Anka. So cool. Interesting. I'm only like 14% Swedish, but hey, that counts for something. Oh know? my God. My grandpa was outraged to find out that we were Because <laughs> my grandpa was like, I'm from, I'm from Norway. We're 100%. I'm 100% oh, yeah. Norwegian. And yeah, I was like, it's, it's um... like the same, like Minnesota and Wisconsin are like the no. same vibe as like Norway and Sweden. They're like, <laughs> we're neighbors and we love each other, but we fucking hate each other. Fucking hate each other. Well, like the, the thing is like... in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my mother who is an immigrant, she's like, the odds of anybody telling you they're 100% anything oh, yeah. is slim anymore. to none in America. And then she's like, unless they're literally like me coming from a different country, you are not 100% anything. Yeah. So Archie's paternal grandmother, she's like, I'm a, I am, I know I'm 100% German. And I was like, 
yeah. Uh, yeah, about that. Unless your ancestors, your grandma and your mother were running around and they were like, oh, are you 100% German? If not, I'm not fucking you. Like, yeah. Unless that's what they did, there's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't really happen. That's uh, that's not a thing. So when my grandpa was like, I'm 100% Norwegian. And I was like, um, no. So when I called him and I was like, grandpa, I, I didn't know we were 8% Swedish. Swede. And he's like, who told you that? And I was like, 23 and me. <laughs> I'm sorry. The DNA test. <laughs> he was so outraged. He was like, what? what? Why would you take one of those? And I was like, you're giving uh... the government your DNA. <laughs> well, he's like Mennonite, else. so he doesn't know any of that stuff. So that didn't he's even Mennonite? cross his mind. Yeah. What? Not officially, but they're like really old school. Like they don't do internet. Oh. They don't have oh, modern phones. I thought like, like legit Mennonite. Like he's part of the Mennonite community type of thing. No, sorry. He's not a part of the community, oh, but they are very like. They're Mennonite-like. Yeah, they're similar. Mennonite-like people. They're okay. very old fashioned. When I got a high school boyfriend, my grandma was like, oh, is that who you're going with? Very oh, churchy. And yeah, <laughs> that's what my grandma says too, though. She says going. Is that with. who you're going with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where? Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> We're going out. We're going out to places, grandma. Uh, oh, somebody asked me the other day, why do I say don't be shitty when you say stay spooky? Because it's a true crime. Since this is a true crime mystery podcast, I always joke to my sister, Belle, don't be shitty. Don't do shitty things or else you're not going to like, don't do shitty things and you won't end up on a dateline. So like, oh yeah, maybe if you're not a criminal, don't be shitty. You won't end up on our fucking podcast <laughs> and nice. stay spooky because it's mystery. So anyway, yeah. somebody was like, why do you say don't be shitty? And I'm like, don't well, be shitty. One, just don't. Or you're going to end up on fucking dateline yeah. and Sophie's choice murders. Mystery. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> And you don't want to find out. Yes. I don't want to find out by you, by Sophie reading about- By you about, being- I don't want Sophie to be reading about you to me, okay? Oh my God. What would you do if I found a story? I do have a local champlain story. What would you do if I found one and you, it was somebody like, oh my God, I went to high school with them? I would freak out because that'd be crazy, but- Holy sh- I've got eight like, others so we can- Oh! <laughs> I thought you'd be like, skip it, skip it, skip it. No, I'd be like, like tell me what happened. <laughs> oh, I don't know what happened, so. I'm not above begging, okay. so follow us on all the social medias. Gab's yeah. got a tic tac for us. We're on Instagram. We do oh. have 50 followers on Instagram, though. That's exciting. Woo woo! Um, Maybe we'll do a giveaway if we get to 100. <gasps> there we go. Free merch, free sticker, free shirt, free something else. We. Fuck, I was going to say something. Oh, don't forget to send in your emails. It doesn't have to be spooky shit, only. Can be running with a murderer, a Tinder date that was almost a kidnapping. You know, what? whatever you got. Ask your friends, ask your family. And is there anything else? No, I think that's it. Miss you, Mike. Yeah. Hopefully Mike will be on the next one. But we'll have another money. Money. Mon- <laughs> money Monday, baby. Get the fucking money. <laughs> no, another mini Monday. It's where we give out or- money. I'm kidding. <laughs> We don't have uh, big have podcast that, money We yet. have that posting and yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of Sophie's Choice Murders and Mysteries. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sophie. Stay spooky. Don't be shitty. Gabby, where can they find our podcast? You can find Sophie's Choice Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you like to listen. Make sure to follow and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. 
Email your spooky stories to Sophie's Choice Murderies at gmail.com and make sure to like and follow at Sophie's Choice Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. All our links are in the show notes. We'll chat with you, Murderies, next week. Stay spooky. Mm-hmm.